Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. somebody. For the Bible declares that he has mercy on whomever he pleased. So that suggests to me that he will have it on whomever he pleased, which means everybody won't have mercy. You don't hear me in here today. Amen, somebody. He's good. He ain't just worth praising because you got a new house, because you got a new car. He's worth praising when you open up your eyes in the morning. Oh, we gonna get it one day. We gonna get it one day. I, I know some of us think we self-sufficient. I woke up because the alarm went off. I woke up because my wife grabbed me. But let me tell you something. The alarm won't ring unless he let it ring. You don't hear me in here, huh? And the one laying next to you might not shake you because they might be dead and God gonna wake you up. You don't hear me in here. See, I'm trying to help you in here today. Huh? This ain't the only place that you give him praise. I praise him when I wake up in the morning. I praise him when I'm driving down the street. I praise him when I'm on the job. You don't hear me. Get away. Get away from the idolatry life. Amen, somebody. That you think is only inside of a building that they call church, which really a temple. Y'all don't hear me today. I'm going to get out of the way because it sounds like I'm preaching, but I... I got somebody here that's it's able and more capable. Amen, somebody. Amen. And anointed by God to do so. Amen? Amen? Amen, somebody. We're standing in the house of the Lord. We're going to stand. You stand when they t- you stand up when the judge come in because you're afraid you'll get arrested. So you're going to stand when the man of God come forth because he got something for you for the rest of your life. The judge got something for the rest of your life too, but it's different. Amen, somebody. 
Glory to God. Amen. I, I, I want, if you will, if you would work with me this morning and just begin to give God some praise. Amen. And if you would give just to keep clapping your hands as the man of God comes forth. Amen. All the way from North Carolina, my brother, my pastor, and my personal bishop, Salim Mustafa. You praise him with me. Will you praise him with me? Good morning, church. Come on and give God praise this morning. He's worthy. He is so worthy to be praised. I don't know about you, but the minute I saw the sun shine this morning, I began to give him praise. Why? Because he's worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Bless the name of the Lord. Come on now. He brought you from a mighty long way. What you used to do, you don't do no more. Because of his grace and his mercy. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Every year I come here around this time to give God praise and glory. And to deliver the word of God. I don't ask for it. Every now and then he probably needs to pick somebody. But we, uh, I guess we have a covenant since the day of his ministry. For those who don't know why I'm here every last Sunday in July. This is my, well not my baby brother, but he's the one under me. And he asked me a long time ago. He may have many preachers in this church. But you, sir, must do mine. Pastor Appreciation Day. So I'm grateful to do that, you know. You know, my mother, God bless her soul, she, she raised us in the word. I remember as a child, we used to sit down at the edge of the bed while she would just read the Bible. I had no understanding of what she was reading. My grandmother, my great-grandmother used to always tell me to get behind that pulpit, boy, you know, this is the Methodist church thinking. Get out of that pulpit. But what she didn't know, it was destined for me to be behind a pulpit. <laughs> you can't block what God has already ordained. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. And I just want to share something with you that was kind of funny but true. You know, I, I have my, let me just go, let me, let, me, let me save the best for last. Amen. So we got my baby brother over here, if you could raise your hand, and my beautiful niece, and have my sister-in-law, my beautiful nephew. I see you over at nephew. Look at he, he over here doing that thing. You want to preach today? Come on up here and preach this word, man. I know you got one in you. And then my niece back here, my uncle Steve back there. And we got my other beautiful cousin right here. Y'all know my sister-in-law. I was going to make her cry today. but And then my other friend over here, my nephew's mother, the one on the keyboards over here. We got a whole lot of family up in this camp. And then my beautiful aunt slash mother right here. Yeah, my, my beautiful mother. And if I didn't know any better, I'd try to get your number, girl. But I tell you what, <laughs> she's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I need that number too. And then we have last, but look at over there. She just brushing her face and everything. My 90-something-year-old grandmother, boy, I tell you. You know... I know she got a lot of calluses on her knees from praying for me and my brothers. I know she got some calluses on her knees. My auntie, I know she got some calluses on her knees. Amen, somebody. You, you, you got to recognize some folks when they're on their knees for you before the Lord. Huh? When we were out there doing whatever we wanted to do, big enough and bad enough to do whatever we wanted to do, but somebody was praying for you. Amen, somebody got calluses on your knees for being on your knees unto the Lord. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. 
should have been dead, could have been dead. I shouldn't be here this morning. But it was predestined for the Lord to, to, he said, it's not in your plan. And it's not in my plan. I have something bigger and better for you to do. And I didn't know it was ministry. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'll just be a deacon. Can I just be a deacon? No, you can't be a deacon. You got to preach this word. Because, see, only the bold can preach the word of God. Only the bold can preach the truth concerning the word of God. You can't have no wimp preachers up in these pulpits. Because Jesus had some husper, did he not? He called them what they were. He didn't care. Because he spoke truth. And folks today don't like truth. They want the sugar-coated ministry, the word that's been sugar-coated, watered down for the feel-good spirit. But if you are homosexual, you're a homosexual. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, if you're a hateful person, you're a hateful person. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about everything that the spirit would move me to talk about because I will speak the word of God no matter who's standing in the room of God. Amen, somebody. You know, brother, when you was reading Genesis chapter 1, it amazed me that my grandmother was reciting everything you were saying. And guess what? She didn't even have a and she didn't even have a Bible in her hand. Oh, you didn't hear me? Yeah, yeah, you didn't hear me, Doc. Yeah, you, see, you was fumbling with the Bible just to trying to find Genesis chapter one. What, what is really going on? But then this woman gets up and she starts reciting that script. See, that's what 80 years, 90 years to do when you're walking with the Lord. You you begin to know him. Huh? When you know him, you can speak that for which cometh thy health. You can speak it. Amen, somebody. Let us bow our heads. Father, I thank you today for another opportunity, God. Because it's because of you that I'm here today, God. And I ask that your Holy Spirit would dwell over me, God, that you will spill out of me into the people that sit here today, God. These earthen vessels, God, pour into them those treasures that are so binding in your word, Lord, that will move us to do what thy saith the Lord, O oh God. Help us, God, that we may help ourselves, O oh Lord, because we can't do a single thing without you. Oh God, we need to recognize, God, that you have to be in our midst. You have to be our helping hand, O oh Lord. We can't do it without you. So we just want to say thank you for the getting up this morning. Not only did you wake us up, you got us up. You found us in our right mind, O oh Lord. Oh, I thank you today, Lord, because you're God. No other reason than the fact that you're just God. And we know that you are the creator of heaven and earth and everything that resides within. Thank you for your son Jesus who, who you left up on the cross for a wretch like me. Oh God, I know I have done some terrible things in my life, but I thank you for your many blessings. I never will stand before these people, God, to prove that I'm perfect, but you're taking an imperfect person to speak a perfect word. And I thank you for that, Lord. So it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. And amen again. Praise the Lord. I was going to sing a song this morning, but uh, I've been doing a lot of traveling. And, uh, I, I can't do it today, Doc. It, it would truly be a joyful noise if I did it today. <laughs> yeah. What are, you, what are you playing over there anyway? Huh? You following me? Yeah, if you follow me, I'm following Christ, so we, we good. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I, I spent two weeks in Dallas, Texas, and uh, got to go back in two weeks. And uh, they tore my voice up, yelling and screaming at folks all day long for 14, 15 days. I'll talk about that later. I ain't no mean person, but it's, that's what it took. So I don't have a voice right now to be singing anything. But y'all was working on something, right? Were y'all working on something? Who y'all working on? Everything you touch is a song. That's my auntie's favorite song. That's one of her favorite songs. Yeah, that's one of her favorite songs. Let me think how that goes. Uh, I think that a song should be something more than a beautiful melody to tell the story of truth and reality I think that a song should be sung by a man who knows mm, the meaning of love and sorrow and the meaning of 
among friends, oh yeah. Then when friends are gone, and the melody and meaning, it still lingers on. Tales of the of the good times, telling of the bad. Tell us when we're happy, when we're sad. Everything you touch is a song. Oh, Lord, I thank you. You touched my life one day. Oh, yeah. Y'all can sing it with me. Come on now. It what? It rolled. Away, you touch a song, and even the birds can. Come on now, come on, come on. Everything you touch is a song, yeah. Hey, oh, you touch the birds, oh yeah. And that bird started to sing, yeah. Oh, you went in a jungle. You touch a lion, yeah, yeah. And oh, that lion started to roar. Said, You touch a man. And that man started to ring and ring and ring and ring. If you listen real close, everything in nature sings. Oh, yeah. Come on, everything you touch, everything you touch, yeah. Everything, everything you touch my life. Oh, yes, you did. Come on, somebody ought to say hallelujah. It rolled away. You touch a song, and even the king can. Everything you touch is a song. Everything you touch. Yeah, hallelujah. Oh, I wish I had some I wish I had some more juice on that. Yeah. Oh, oh, everything. Everything you touch is a song. Oh, I'm so mighty grateful. You touched my life, and I didn't think it was going to last, yeah. Oh, you lay your whole hand on me. You touched my life. Come on now. Come on. Come on now. Yeah, you know that song, girl. You know that song. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let us get into the Word of God. Let us get into Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. If you would stand for the Word. This morning, Matthew chapter 14, verse starting with verse 22. It's a very familiar passage, a very familiar story about Jesus who walked on water. But, but that's what he can do. The question is, can you? Because Peter could. Peter could. And the Bible says immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. But When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Hmm. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. 
Let me say that again. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out to the Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and called him, you of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? So many times we go through things in life and we claim that we love the Lord and we trust him and we want to depend on him. But why did you doubt? You may have a seat. You know, there's a, storms is a metaphor for troubles in our lives. It's, it's a metaphor. I'll tell you a true story. I remember a time when I was living in Louisville, Kentucky, and I got this call to preach at a church because something had happened to the pastor. Details are not important. And it was a short notice invite. And I just did what I was told to do or asked to do. And when I started to drive down 64 toward Danville, Kentucky, it was such a storm it beat the car so bad that I couldn't even see outside the window. I couldn't see. It was a sheet of, a sheet of water all on the windshield. And you can picture the thunder, this, the noise of the thunder and the lightning and people swerving on the road. And I began to get fearful because of the storm. Am I going to get that? Began to get fearful because of the storm that was coming. It was raging. It was, it was out of control. And I decided to pull over. And I heard the Lord say, I will never move the storm from you, but I will move you through your storm. Oh, he will help you through your storm. Amen, somebody. But needless to say, I made it to that church safe and sound, just like Peter. I realized that I began to walk on water. And the only way you can walk on water is have faith in the one who's already on the water. Amen. Remember, the Bible said that he called him out. See, the word of God is always calling us out of our storm. The question is, are we paying attention to the word of God to be called out of our storm? You, you, you may say you know the word, but the minute something happens, the thunder and the lightning come down on you, you forget all about what the word of God has said. Amen, somebody. We get a little weak sometimes, a little terrified sometimes. We tend to depend on the other folks. We, we fail to realize the God we serve can get us through our storm. Amen, somebody. So This morning, I want to talk about if you want to walk by faith, you got to get out of your boat. So many folks are in their boats. Amen, somebody. But Peter, Peter realized that it wasn't a ghost. It was the Son of God that was walking on the water. Because in times such as these, we need God. Amen. We need him. Whether you know it or not, we need God in every way and everything that we do. Right now, we need the Lord. Amen, somebody. And maybe you don't recognize the storm that you're in right now. Or maybe you're coming out of a storm, but I'm here to tell you, without God, amen, somebody. He is our deliverer from our storms. The Bible tells us that it is better to take refuge in him than in, in man alone. The Bible also tells us in Psalm 46 that God is truly our refuge. He is our strength, our present help, our right now help. Not your help from yesterday or tomorrow, but your help right now. I know you need some help right now. There's some stuff that you're going through that you need help. You need to give him glory, give him praise for the right now and help. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow's got his own troubles. You better be worrying about the right now. That's the God we serve. The Bible says that let God's word be true. And every man a liar. A man a lie to you. They'll give you all kind of false, false hopes. 
You keep paying attention to that one-eyed monster. You will believe anything and everything they put on that TV. Huh? Folks talking about how come you ain't been vaccinated. I said, well, you know, I just ain't been vaccinated. And I've been traveling to California. I'm not saying I'm not being bold or arrogant about anything. But one thing I know for sure, I'm covered. Huh? You may be vaccinated. That's, hey, that's no harm to anybody that's getting vaccinated. But I trust God for everything. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. As long as I got some, some God and some Clorox and some Lysol, uh, some sanitizer and a mask, I'm good. Amen, somebody. Ain't never had it, don't want it. Because I trust the Lord. Sitting in an office with eight people, they all got COVID but me. And they were calling me left and right. How come you didn't get it? You were hugging on, shaking our hands. I said, because I'm covered. That's a word. That's what you tell folks, you know. When they ask you about your new house, say, I'm covered. How'd you get the loan? I'm covered. How did you get the car? I'm covered. But see, you being covered don't mean anything if you don't have faith in your covering. You understand what I'm saying? If you don't have faith in your covering, the new house don't matter anyway. Huh? The new car don't matter anyway. But you got to have faith in your covering. That's what he come to do, right? He came to cover us with the blood. To sanctify us, to, to die for the atonement of sins that we commit each and every day. Folks tell me, I'm a Christian. Yeah, you're still sinning, though, because I sin. Amen, somebody. But thanks for grace and mercy, huh? Without it, huh? And that don't mean you go out here and sin anymore now. That, that just means you got a little grace and a little mercy, that he ain't killed, he ain't killed you where you stand. See, this ain't no Old Testament God where he just drop you, right, drop you like at heart right there where you stand. Because God knows I'd have been dead a long time ago if it was Old, old, old Testament. If I lived in the Old Testament, I'd have probably been dead about nine. <laughs> I'd have been dead about nine if it was Old Testament. Uh, but I thank God for the, for the mercy and the grace that he has in his New Testament. Amen. We talked about building foundations this morning. We ain't even built the church yet. We're just getting excited for the foundation. Somebody didn't hear me this morning. See, we just get excited for the foundation. We ain't build the walls yet, the bearing walls. We ain't build the roof yet. Get, get excited about the foundation because the foundation is Jesus. You don't need no preacher to tell you when to praise him. Huh? You should be praised. You should have praised him when you walked. You should have praised him when you got up this morning. Huh? Your faith will allow you to do that. Amen, somebody. He woke you up this morning. You should start praising him right then and there. Folks, wait until they go to church for the preacher to say, give God some praise. I shouldn't have to tell you give God some praise. Amen, somebody. I know where I came from, and I don't care what you say about my praise. Because everything about my praise has got me where I am today. Amen, somebody. You can't walk in my shoes. And guess what? I don't want to walk in yours either. I got my own problem, my own troubles, and I got my own praise. You need to find you a praise. Amen, somebody. But see, faith will allow you to do that. Amen. Faith will do that. Huh? Faith will allow you to walk on water. When it's impossible to walk on water. Because anything before God is possible. God has never worked in the, in, the, the, uh, the, the possible, but he's always worked in the impossible. Because if you worked in the possible, you'll think you did it. Come on now. See, it's the impossible that God operates in. Because when it's impossible and you know you couldn't have done it without him, you can't do nothing but give him glory and give him praise. Because guess what, Lord? I couldn't have did it, Lord. Not all by myself. Amen, somebody. Mm. Faith is a remarkable thing. Some of us have yet to develop that. Huh? You, faith is awesome. They missing out, Doc. They missing out. See, see, if you had faith, real faith, I ain't talking about that stuff you were talking about, I believe in God. No, so does the devil. He believes in God, too. God made him. He know, he know God. I promise you, he knows God. Huh? And he got faith in him. Because he knows his time is short. He believes what the Lord says. Your time is short. And the devil says, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I know it's short. But let me go get some more folks down here. Uh, why are you fooling my, my servant Joe, Mustafa Tompkins? Why are, you, why are you messing with him? He's going to and fro among the earth. Huh? Amen, somebody. Oh, yeah, he's down here to toy with us. Uh, but, but faith is a remarkable thing. If you had real faith, you can come out of your boat. And see, folks, tell me, what is your boat? Well, your boat is your insecurities. It's where you put all your, the folks you depend upon, the things that you depend upon. That's where your boat is. Anything that's apart from God, that's your boat. 
Let me say that again. Anything that's apart from God, that's your boat. Because remember what Peter said. He said, call me, Lord. And he stepped out of his boat. But some of us are still in our boat as to the reason why our faith ain't real. See, you got to trust God for the COVID. You got to trust God for the COVID. COVID has put us all in a boat. Amen, somebody. But then there's some folks that got some real faith and they don't step out of their boat. Huh? Relying upon man when the word of God is true. And every man a liar. Every man. Every man's a liar. The Bible tells us that the word of God goes forth and it does not come back void. But it accomplishes and achieves everything he's sending out to do. So when, you, so when you're talking about, well, it ain't happened yet, oh, it's coming. Don't rush the Lord. Oh, trust me, you don't want to rush him because he'll end this thing right now. You better, well, you, you may want a little bit time, a little bit more time to praise him, a little bit more time to knowing, amen, somebody. You might want a little bit more time. Folks talking about, I'll be glad when the end of the world comes. Uh-uh, you can't be talking about that if you still sleep with that man and he ain't your husband. Huh? Come on now, you can't be talking about that if you run around drinking alcohol and getting drunk and smoking weed and doing crack, you might want to wait on the Lord. <laughs> you might want a little bit more time. Amen, somebody. Huh? You might want a little bit more time. I know I do because I ain't all the way right. It ain't going to be all the way right either. But God, just get me close to you. Put me on the edge of the finish line, Lord, so you can say good, well, faithful servant. I want to be there when the Lord is sitting, standing at the finish line with his arms wide open, welcoming everyone to the kingdom of God. Amen, somebody. So see, our boats, we got to get this boat thing down. And it's metaphorically, right? It's a metaphor. But when you think about these, 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 these brothers that were in the boat, they were, they were trapped in their storm. They were trapped in their trials and their tribulations. They couldn't go to the left. They couldn't go to the right. They were just stuck. And that's how we get sometimes. We get stuck. Huh? We get stuck in our boat. But see, real believers of God, the saints of God, not those church folks, you ain't even somebody. I'm talking about real believers. They know how to step out of their boat because <laughs> they hear the calling of the Lord. Hey, they understand that, yeah, oh, yeah, it might be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So they step out of their boat. Sometimes we got to learn how to step out of our boat. Amen, somebody. If you want to walk by faith, you got to learn how to come out of your boat, come out of your situation, come out of your circumstances. We allow so many outside circumstances to control us influence us when the reality is the only thing that should be influencing us is the greater I am on the inside of us. That's the thing that should be to influence us. The Bible says that we can do all things, all things. This is some things, a quarter of a thing. It said all things. All things to me means all things. Amen, somebody. If I wanted to fly, I believe the Lord for it. Here, give me wings. Amen, somebody. If I want to swim from here to England and I trust God for it, I'll get there. Mm-hmm. Huh? I'll get there. Because the Bible says I can do all things huh, through Christ Jesus who, what, who strengthens me. Uh, see, I ain't got no power. And I tell folks all the time, Jesus had no power on this earth. That confused a lot of folks because they don't know him like I do. But the Bible says that Jesus said that uh, uh, I can't do a single thing without you. Huh? It wasn't until he died on the cross where all power was given in his hand. But everything he did, he prayed to the Lord for. When he fed the 5,000, he broke the bread and he prayed. He prayed for power. Uh, every now and then, you got to pray for power. And then when you pray for your power, you got to have faith in the power that you receive. You can't be walking around willy-nilly to me, well, I wish I could have died, but I prayed about it. If you prayed about it, you got power. You got to just have some faith and step out of your boat. Amen, somebody. You want to get off drugs? Pray about it and step out of your own faith. Huh? You want to come out of a bad relationship? Pray about it and step out of your boat. Have some faith in God. Because it's all about his power. Oh, come on somebody. Y'all better talk to me this morning. It's all about the power of God. But you got to have faith in the power. Hmm? You got to have faith in the power of God. Too many times we worry. We worry so much, we drive ourselves crazy. I got a remedy for you on worrying. Why don't you start worshiping? Uh, less worrying, more worship. That's how you fix that problem. It's a simple task. I didn't make it difficult for you. Huh? You just got to stop worrying so much and trust the Lord. 
Uh, give him some praise. Give him some glory. You don't have to wait till you come up in this church. Brother said, when I'm, in, when I'm driving my car, I'm giving him praise and I'm giving him glory. I have done dances in airports. You know why? Because God brought me from a mighty long place to put me back on that ground. And I've got my praise on. Right there on. Huh? Huh? People think I'm crazy. I am. I'm crazy for the Lord. I'm retarded crazy for the Lord. I'm a done deal. Huh? Amen, somebody. I'm loco. I'm loca. I'm all of that stuff. I'm crazy. Huh? When it comes to God. Because see, when you've been where I've been, it gets crazy. Huh? Your faith becomes ridiculously crazy. Uh, folks wonder why you looking for this and looking for that and all of a sudden the Lord just bless you in the midst of it. How did he do it? How did he do? How did he do it? How did she do? Well, he didn't do anything and she didn't do anything. She just stepped out of our boat. Had a little faith in God uh, for difficult times. Uh, difficult times. See, them storms, they'll get you. Them storms, they'll get you. But you know, the, 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 the reality of storms is that no matter if you are a believer or a non-believer, storms are coming. Oh, yeah, you're going to go through some storms. Huh? Ain't no use to getting weak. It, it, yeah, a storm don't, uh, it, it's, it's a, 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 what they call it, a equal opportunist. Uh, it's an equal opportunity. It don't care who it get. I don't care who you are, black, white, Chinese, homosexual, don't care. A storm is coming. But the beauty about storms when it comes to the believer, because of the God we serve, we know that God is a storm chaser, is he not? Uh, he's a storm chaser. That's what he does. Y'all know what a storm chaser is. They're always chasing storms. And the storm is really chasing you, but God is chasing the storms in your life. Mm. Mm. We know that we, 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 we serve an, uh, an invisible God. And that's where faith starts. To believe in that thing that we cannot see. Wow, think about that. See, 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 man is so tangible in his mind that if he can't see it, he won't believe it. Huh? But here's the trickster. Well, I can't see God. And if I can't see him, I, sh I can't believe that he exists. Well, if, if you look at the trees and the universe and the precision of the sun and the moon and space, and if you look at yourself and all the nerve endings and all the blood vessels that have been attached, that's God. See, 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 see it says in, in, in Hebrews that, that, that faith is confident of things hoped for and the certainty or the evidence of what we do not see. Okay. You don't see the air you breathe, but the, but the evidence in your lung says there's air. Huh? You don't see the God you serve, but the evidence is in the universe. It's in the trees, it's in the grass, it's in the moons and the stars. And, and I always tell people the, the earth is 92 million miles away from the sun. And if it was a mile closer, we would burn up. If it was a mile away, we would freeze to death. You got to understand, there's a powerful, creating, unselfish God in all of that. Huh? But you don't want to give him glory. You don't want to give him praise. You don't want to come out of your boat in, your, your boat in faith. See, 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 Peter understood, amen, but he wasn't going to do that thing on his own. He said, if it is I, Lord, if it's you, call me. Because, see, I ain't going to go for just anybody. And sometimes we just be listening to a stranger's voice, amen, thinking it's God. God spoke to me. No, God didn't speak to you. I promise you he didn't speak to you. But God told me, yeah, what did he tell you? He told you to tell me something he didn't tell me first? No, he didn't tell you that. He's going to tell me first, you just confirmation. Uh, you don't get caught up in folks talking like that. God told me to tell you. No, he didn't. He didn't tell me yet. I know. See, 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 the bottom line is God didn't tell you anything. You meddling. That's what that's called. You meddling. You trying to find out something. Uh, <laughs> you trying to find out something. God didn't tell you that. Uh, the Bible tells us that faith. Faith. People say, how do I get faith? How do I get faith? I, I love the Lord, but how do I get real faith? Real faith, real faith. Well, the Bible says if we, faith comes by 
We ain't got no Sunday school people in here. I'm just saying, y'all been going to church too long. Go to Sunday school. You might learn something. Faith comes by hearing, 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 hearing what? The word of God. Amen. There we go. There we go. Sunday school popped in. Hearing the word of God. But see, here's the thing with the hearing. It also says you just can't be a hearer. You got to be a doer also. See, everybody want to hear the word, but don't nobody want to do what the word says. I'll say that again because we got some folks up in here, up in here, up in here. Talking about I went to church this morning. That makes it all right. No, it makes it all right when you do what thou saith the Lord. Uh, See, Peter said, call me, Lord. And because he came out of his boat, he recognized that he, not only was he a hearer of the voice of the Lord, he had to be a doer also. Y'all missed that. See, you, you, you just can't be up in church filling up space, breathing the air, getting your praise on, on the falsified. Huh? Now, I ain't saying that I'm perfect, but I am saying I'm trying. And there's some folks that come to church, they just use church as their excuse as to why they do anything. And the truth be told, they ain't doing nothing when it comes to the Lord. They complain about tithes and offerings. Uh, they complain about tithes and offerings. But no, ain't no man made that up. Every man a liar. Let God's word be true. The Bible speaks of tithing and offering. It tells us we should get excited. We should be pulling our pockets out. A cheerful giver. Don't worry about it. He'll give it back to you tenfold. I promise you that. Uh, he'll give it back to you. Don't worry about it. Hey, hey you, you'll get that chicken sandwich. You know, when you get out of church this Sunday. Don't worry. I know you're sitting there thinking about splitting your money between God and Popeyes. You can't do that with the Lord. Put five in the church, and I'll spend five at Popeyes. I got to get my sandwich on. Uh-uh, put that whole ten in church. Put that whole ten in church. You might find yourself down at Ruth Chris later because somebody didn't invite you out to eat. Uh, you might find yourself at Texas Day Berea. Uh, come on now. Uh, you never know what the Lord might do for you when you do for him first. The Bible says you got the delight in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. He ain't never going to be second. He's got to be first in all things. Huh? He's got to be first. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and then he'll give you that stuff, that stuff that you've been asking for. Because ain't nothing but stuff. Can't take it with you. Huh? It's just stuff to him. But if, but if you want it, he'll give it to you. But he said, I come first. I come first. And see, what you have to understand about faith, it's impossible to please him. It's impossible. It's, it's outright impossible to please the Lord if you don't have faith in him. Uh, he won't even move on your behalf because you are not even a true believer in what he'll do for you. I've been stuck in bad situations all your life. And you wonder why you're still stuck because you don't, you don't have the faith that it takes to come out of it. Still stuck in your boat. Still stuck in your boat. Think about that boat. Oh, that boat was well, that boat was heavy. That boat did some things to them. I can't even imagine them holding on to the rim of the boat and the water come. They screaming and crying. You know how it was when you, when you was a child. I still do it though. Mama, mama. Well, we always call them mama. Mama gone. Mama, whatever. But mama, that's what we do. I can see them now calling mama. But then here comes this thing that looked like a ghost. It said it looked like a ghost. Didn't say it was a ghost. See, we don't get confused. It was Jesus. <laughs> Paul figured that out later. Peter figured that out later, right? Yeah, amen, somebody. Faith. Faith. Matthew teaches us that in faith, we can do all things through Christ. It is our faith. You know, the storms that we receive sometimes, you're going to receive them. You know, little preachers used to say, you're going in one or you're in one and you're coming out of one. But it don't matter. You're still in a storm. Hey, but the one thing I know about a storm, it will pass on through. Yeah. Until the next one comes. Until the next one comes. And every time a storm comes in your life, you, your faith ought to get a little bit better. Because you realize that the God you serve has protected you through the last storm you had to go through. Amen, somebody. I want to talk about three things, and we're going to bring this to a close. First thing I want to mention, when you think about the story of Peter walking on this water, 
And he's, they all thought they saw a ghost coming toward them on the water. And even seeing the ghost, they became fearful. You understand? They weren't just fearful of the storm, but they were also fearful of the thing they saw on the water that looked like a ghost. The Bible says immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples, not just Peter, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. They were terrified. How many of y'all know what Jesus looked like? If something happens in your life, you can recognize who's in your storm. Huh? You ain't terrified of the one in your storm, are you? You got to remember something about these disciples. They've been walking with Christ. He just, you know, John was just beheaded. He just fed the 5,000 plus. They done seen all these great miracles. And yet they weren't about a little bitty old storm. God has worked some miracles in your life. And yet when stuff comes your way, you still got this concerning spirit about the things in your life that looks like a storm. And it's not so much that you need to recognize the storm in your life. You need to recognize the Jesus in your life. And that's what they failed to do because it looked like a spirit. It looked like a ghost. But then Peter had to say, if it is you, Lord, call me. Call me. Amen. When the disciples first saw Jesus coming to them, they mistaked him for a ghost. They had spent the whole night afraid of the storm. You know how we do sometimes. We toss and turn in our beds with circumstances and situations that we keep trying to deal with ourselves instead of putting it in the hands of the master, the one who can work it out for you. Uh, he can work it out. I promise you he'll make a way out of no way. When there is no way, God will make a way. How many times you've been in a situation you didn't just know how you was going to get out of it, but yet the Lord showed you huh? because you recognize it was him in your storm. I'm not afraid of the him in my storm, amen. There's a woman that said that she bled for 12 years. Gave all her money to the doctors. You know, heathens. They still doing that today, taking our money. That's why I don't trust them. And all she wanted to do was be healed. Been bleeding for 12 years. She come through the crowd moving folks. She said, all I need to do is touch the H-I-M. Not H-E-M. But I know if I touch the H-E-M, I'm going to be touching the H-I-M. Uh, and the Bible said that they took so much power out of him. He said, somebody touched me. See, every now and then, you got to touch the Lord. You got to be seeking your help. Help me, Lord. Ain't that what the Bible said? Didn't it say that when he started to sink because of the thunder and the lightning, that he reached out his hand and he touched the Lord? He's the only one that can save you in your storm. See, when you walk out of your boat, all oh, the storm is coming more so now. But all you need to do is touch his unchanging hand. Let him lead you out of your storm. Huh? Let him embrace him. Know that he's God. Know that he's God all by himself. You just got to reach your hand and touch his hand. Come on now. His unchanging hand. Everybody know what that means, right? You see those, those, those shows where folks, they put their hand out. Then they got to put the other hand out to grab you. And then they got to put the other hand because they got to get a grip on you. See, the Lord got to do it one time. He got you. Boom, I got you. I got your back. That house is not going to be uh, uh, gone from you. That car is not going to be repossessed. That sickness is not going to kill you. If, you wanna if you're going to have faith in me, if you're going to be lifted up, uh, come on now, grab my hand, hold on to me. I got you. That's what the Lord said. Jesus said, take courage, young man. 
It is I. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The first thing we have to understand is dispelling the illusions in our lives. Dispelling the illusions in our lives. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that when the devil has you to see something that's not really there, you got to just close your eyes and say, Lord, protect me. Lord, protect me. Because the devil is the biggest illusionist there is. He gives suggestive thoughts to all of us. Huh? And a lot of times when we fall short of that, it's called temptation. And temptation, once you keep reading that and pounding in your mind and in your spirit, it now becomes sin. And we all know about sin. You are going against the laws of God. Oh, he got you now. He got you now with his illusionness. Uh, that's what the government does. They put this illusion in the people of the country to create fear. Because when you create fear, you take away faith. That's what happened to the saints of God. I heard more from the saints of God about COVID than I did for those in the world. Oh, my God. Oh, this, that, and the other. Oh, a half a million people done die. Oh, I know I'm going to cover my mouth. I'm going to wash my hands every day, social distancing. Yeah, you supposed we're supposed to be obedient to the secular authorities. Don't get it twisted. Okay. But we ain't got to be all faint out of fear. We still got to keep our faith intact when it comes to him. Huh? When it comes to him, we still have to have our faith intact. We got to be true believers of God. So we have to dispel the disillusions that the devil may put in our midst. There are times when we say things like, oh, worst case scenario. Why's it got to be the worst case scenario? I mean, it can't be the right case scenario. It can't get no worse than this. Oh, it can be. But when it gets worse, how big is your faith? Is your faith still growing when it gets worse? Is the storm that big that you are, your storm is bigger than your God? I think not. We are already claiming defeat when we talk like that. Worst case scenario. Fears are already set in our minds. We've already set ourselves up for the killing. We have to realize that the enemy is the greatest illusion there is. Surely you shall not die if you bite that fruit, girl. It's okay. I know what your husband told you, but he's a liar. You think so, Satan? Oh, I know he's a liar. He's just trying to keep you from being like God. Whoa. You know what planted in her mind, because everybody wants to be like God. But when she failed to realize that she was made in his image and his likeness from the beginning of time. Huh? Yeah. Our second point is we have to defeat distractions. And we can't defeat distractions all by ourselves. See, in the text it says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. So all the distractions. I hear the thunder, and I hear the lightning. And I see the ghost in my midst, but I recognize now it's Jesus. But if it's you, Lord, call me. Call me through my storm, Lord. And then Peter got down out of the boat, and he began to walk on the water, and he came toward Jesus. He didn't go nowhere else. He didn't go over here. He didn't go over there. The Bible said he came toward Jesus. See, so many times in life, we, 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 we're not walking toward the Christ. We're not walking toward the cross. We're walking away from the cross. We're walking away from Christ. And we wonder why we're in the mess that we're in. Huh? Because you're walking away from sanctification. You're walking away from salvation. You're walking away from the atonement of sin. You're walking away from forgiveness and mercy and grace. You're walking away from God's unconditional love when you're walking a different direction other than the one you should be walking to, toward Jesus. See, one thing about Peter, although he was, I call him Big Mouth Peter, because Peter always has something to say. But one thing for sure, he knew what cometh his help. Oh, yeah. You got to know where your help come from. Call me. Huh? Let me come to you, he said. And then once he had his faith all generated up, 
And don't get happy now because Peter did. Because some stuff changed with Peter. He got his faith going. Stepped out of his boat, his situation, did he not? When everybody else stayed in the boat, <laughs> you're going to have some folks like that in your life. They're going to wonder why you done stepped out, but they still in the boat. You still had 11 in the boat, but one stepped out. Amen, somebody. They still scared and fearful. But Peter said, that's why I say, you got to have some husband when you deal with God. You got to take a chance. You got to take a risk. And I trust me, it's a good risk. It's a good chance. Huh? He will deliver you out of your mess. You got to trust him for the deliverance. You can't be thinking in your mind about something else. Because he kept his eyes on Jesus the whole time he began to walk. And I'm sure he was walking like this. And the thunder is coming down and he's still walking like this. And all he's getting fearful now. He then depleted his faith. Mm. He allowed the distractions of the outside circumstances to make him weak. And the Bible makes it clear, clear that he began to sink. Huh? See, when you, when you take your eyes off the prize, your life, you begin to sink in your life. And wonder why your problem has not been solved because you did not give it to the Lord. You're still in your boat. But I can't be in my boat. I love the Lord. I every Sunday Bible study. Yeah, but you are not making applicable to what you've learned in the church. You are not making applicable what the word of God is saying. Amen, somebody. I just told you, you just can't be a hearer of this word. You got to be a doer also. Amen. That's the thing. The scriptures tell us that Peter left the boat when he knows that it is Jesus on the water and not a ghost. He recognized the power of Christ. You got to understand something. This was a setup. Notice who did not get in the boat with them. Y'all missed that. See, sometimes God just got to allow you to go on just to test your faith. Yeah, just to test your faith. Because you said you believe me. You said you love me. You trust me. You said that everything I do, you believe. Or if I ask you to do, you believe. But Peter allowed his, his situation to be bigger than his Savior. He allowed his problems to be bigger than the power of Christ. He had more fears than he had faith. See, we can get influenced by the trials and the tribulations in life. But when our faith is not intact, it will overcome you. It will take you out of here. Amen, somebody. I know I got high blood pressure, and I know I got diabetes, and I know that is a common thing that can take some folks up out of here, but faith in my boat, I'd have stepped out. See, every time I go to the doctor, she says, well done, <laughs> well done, because huh? it takes some action on your part. Hmm? People like to talk about they believe, yeah, but your faith needs to have some works in your belief. If you read the Old Testament, if you read the King James Version of the Bible in John 3.16, it says you have to, God so loved the world that those who exercise their faith in him. You can't, you can't forget that exercise. See, you got to exercise your faith in him. You got to, it's like getting prepared for a ball game. You got to exercise your faith in him. And those who do that shall not perish but have, ever, have everlasting life. You just can't say you believe. Just can't use that term. I believe the Lord. Hey, the devil believes. He ain't got no choice. He know who made him. Not the devil, though. Then we get into the, um, the last portion of this in verse 30. It says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And I tell you, my grandmother got calluses on her knees. Trust and believe. I do not take lightly this life. Because I could have been a dead grandson. I could have been a dead nephew, cousin. Could have been a dead brother. My brothers know my story. I don't share it with everybody, but just know I could have been dead. Gone from this earth at a very young age. But thanks be to God. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for praying grandmothers. 
Uh, come on now, somebody. Uh, who lived long enough to see what God has done. You just can't pray about it. God wants to show you the finished product. Uh, yeah. yeah you know, and then, then you got them folks that always want to remind you of your past. Hmm. Quickly. They always want to keep you in your boat. <laughs> they, they, they really do. They want to, as a matter of fact, not only do they want to keep you in your boat, they want to get in the boat with you. <laughs> huh? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Huh? You know, to see, you got to be careful with folks who are not sanctified by the Lord. Everybody in church, the church ain't in them. I promise you that. Huh? Everybody that's in the church, the church is not in them. Anybody that knows me, I hang out all by myself. I got a lot of friends, but they don't hang with me, and I don't hang with them because I don't want to be in the boat they in. When the Lord delivered me, I want to stay out of my boat. I know I can walk on water. I've been walking on water for a long time. Been doing this thing for, how old is my daughter? 32 years. Count them. 30, this ain't new to me. Uh, I, I did the church thing for 26 years. At a church in Virginia and one in Germany and one in, in Louisville. It's a little small church. But it's like my first road. I see, my family don't even know that. They thought I just started preaching. No, I didn't start preaching. I had churches. You understand? So, Mama, your prayer worked. Here I am. Here I stand. Your prayer worked for your other grandson. Your prayer worked for your other grandson. Ah, thank God for praying grandmothers. Huh? Who don't recognize a ghost in the storm. But they recognize Jesus is in the midst. I know a God when I see him. I know him when I hear his voice. I don't worry about the storms in my life. Amen, somebody. Because a storm will pass. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. And our last but not least, we have to destroy all doubt. That's a fixed mind. You understand? That's a fixed mind. You got to get your mind fixed on faith. And then when you get your mind fixed on faith, you got to walk in your faith. Everything don't have to be seen with the little eyes. Let me say that again. Everything don't have to be seen with the literal eyes. Sometimes you just got to trust the Lord when you want to go back to school. Sometimes you got to trust the Lord. You ain't seen the house, but it's coming. You ain't seen the car, the healing, but it's coming. You got to come out of your boat if you want to trust the Lord. Huh? You don't have to see everything. Huh? You just got to trust him. And walk by faith and not by sight. Too many times we gotta, we're walking by sight. If the Lord, oh, hey, he ain't going to do it for me. Let me go over here. Let me, he ain't doing it for me. Right. No, you need to stay where you are and let him work on you. Because if he can't work on you, he can't work through you. Amen, somebody. The Lord's got to be able to work on you. And when he works on you, he'll work through you. And when he works through you, you can work through somebody else. That's how you get folks out of their boat. You got to be worked on first. Deny yourself first. Carry your cross daily. Come on now. Follow me, as he says in his word. But you can't follow him if you're still stuck in your boat. Peter knew that in the end. He knew that if I follow Jesus... I can get out of my booth. So when the call comes, if he calls you and tells you that you, that you can do all things, you better believe it. If he tells you that you're more than a conqueror, you better believe it. Come on, somebody. If he tells you no weapon forged against you, you better believe it. Come out of your boat for the Lord. Believe in him. Have faith in a holy God because he will take you out of your boat. But you got to receive it to believe it. Amen, somebody. You got to receive it to believe it. On your feet, you got to receive it to believe it. Do you receive the Lord today? Do you understand the boats that you're in? How you get out of your boat? It's not a ghost in your storm. It's Jesus. All you have to do is call on the name of the Lord. He will deliver you. He will sanctify you. He is arms and your hands, your eyes to see, ears to hear. He's a mighty God. All you gotta do is believe 
in the Lord because he's worthy to be praised. When I look back over my life, I know it wasn't a ghost that brought me through. It was Jesus, the King of kings, Lord of lords, the Son of God, sitting on the right hand of the Father with all, I said all, power in his hand. He can do all things, all things, because he's God all by himself. You got to get out of the boat if you want to walk by faith and not by sight. You got to understand that whatever healing you need, he'll make it work. He's a doctor in an in a operating room, a lawyer in the courtroom. He's my all in all. He's not a ghost. He's Jesus. I know who he is. He's not a ghost. He's Jesus. I recognize the voice. He's not a ghost. He's Jesus. I recognize the laying on the hands. Hello, somebody. Give him praise. If you know he's not a ghost, but he's Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on and praise him. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I see some folks standing around that ain't recognize where they came from. You should be acting a fool up in here because he's not a ghost. He's Jesus and he's real. He's real. I said he's real. Hallelujah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.